0: Ishmael Kawaja. Hello, hope you had a nice weekend and you're doing well. It's Monday, the 24th of October. Thanks for downloading today's podcast. We start with one of our top stories at Kent Online. A marshal at a paintball centre in Longfield has been convicted after shooting a group of nine year olds during a party. Zach Ramage also verbally abused the group of children while he was supposed to be looking after them. Well, To talk more about this story, Lucy joins me now. So what do we know about what happened?
2: Well, 19-year-old Ramage, who was working at Mayhem Paintball in Longfield last June, was supposed to be in charge of the youngsters, but instead ended up shooting them between the legs, on the feet and in the neck, as well as swearing at them. The paintball company sacked him that same evening after immediately carrying out investigations Investigations when they were contacted by the organiser of the party and supported their report to police. Tom Davey, who runs the business, says Ramage not only let myself down, but his colleagues himself and his family. He's also apologised to the boys and the families and insists steps have been taken to ensure this type of incident never happens again.
0: What was the verdict in court?
2: Well, Ramage was sentenced at Woolwich Crown Court after being charged with 15 counts of assault by beating and six counts of cruelty to a child under 16. The teenager who's from Hartley Bottom Road in Longfield was given a community order for 18 months, including 150 hours of unpaid work. He also has to undertake work in a victim empathy session as well as pay compensation.
0: But one of the victim's mums who had arranged the party thinks he deserves a custodial sentence. Is that right?
2: That's right. The Gravesend residents told us what happened was absolutely shocking and says it was traumatic for the boys. She wants him to be banned completely from working with children and locked up, but has said she's glad this has been dealt with in court and exposed.
0: Thanks for those details, Lucy. Our other top stories now. Questions have been raised over the security of a funfair in Dover following the death of a teenage boy. Mackenzie Croxford Cook was found trapped on a ride in Pencester Gardens in August and a post-mortem later found he'd been crushed. An inquest has raised concerns about how the 14-year-old and his friends were able to access the site in the early hours of the morning. The hearing's been adjourned until a later date. A man who scratched, headbutted, and bit police officers in Maidstone has been jailed. Calvin Stemp attacked two officers who tried to search him in a car park on Medway Street last November. The 25-year-old from Howley Way has been locked up for more than three years. Two other men who joined in the assault have been given community orders. It's feared someone could be poisoning cats on a housing estate in Maidstone. Three have died and many more have fallen ill at Langley Park recently. Vets have suggested they might have ingested antifreeze, which is potentially fatal. Other owners are worried it could be rat poison, weed killer or just a bad virus. And a jewellery shop in Maidstone is going to close after 225 years. Cornell & Sons opened on Gabriel's Hill back in 1796. They owners say there's a great deal of sadness, but it's the right time to go, and they'll be shutting for good this weekend. Kent Online reports now. Members of the LGBTQ plus community are calling on the media to help change the conversation as hate crimes based on sexuality and gender identity are on the rise. It follows new statistics that show there were 839 recorded cases in Kent last year. That's a five-year high. Hillary Cook is CEO of the Medway Gender and Sexual Diversity Centre. She's been speaking to Abby Hook from our colleagues at KMTV.
3: It's very disturbing that um, these figures are rising, and and we need to change the conversation in in the media. The media needs to talk to members from the community. Uh, we need to hear the experts rather than the voices of, uh, of some other people who have li- loud voices but aren't members of the community.
2: And hearing from these members of the community, as you said, how do you think that can be done? How can we proactively change the way people are educated perhaps uh, about about these, these issues?
3: Uh, well, certainly the important place is uh, with, within schools. And, and I know schools and colleges have, have been working to uh, raise awareness of equality issues, not just around the LGBT communities, but all minorities and and by by discussing the issues and discussing about about life in general, that it's okay to be you, that uh, it breaks down the barriers because barriers are raised by fear and, and so it all starts in the school place and uh, and then, we can roll it out further. Um, we do a lot of work uh, with organisations about raising awareness, uh, etc., that affect the community to try and remove those barriers, and we just need to be doing more of that.
2: And then, just very, very quickly, we have—we don't have long left at all. Do you think the mainstream media is is a big part of this, as we heard some in the piece there?
3: Definitely. When when you have. Um, When you have four or five articles a week that are framing trans people as dangerous and predators, just the way they did with the gay community in the 70s, they're responsible for some of the actions that are being taken.
0: Ambulance workers in Kent are starting to vote today on whether to strike over pay. Thousands of members of the GMB union are being balloted in the coming weeks. They say more than 10 years of real-term pay cuts plus the cost of living crisis means staff can't make ends meet. Meanwhile, Kent County Council say they're spending more than £11 million to help tackle the cost of living crisis. Some of it will go towards providing meal vouchers in the school holidays for children from disadvantaged families. The most vulnerable households will also get extra money to put towards energy bills. The parents of a little boy from Faversham who was born without a digestive system, so they're struggling to find somewhere suitable to live when he's finally allowed out of hospital. Little Lenny is having to be fed through a tube into his chest, which makes him vulnerable to germs. His mum and dad are currently on a council housing waiting list, but fear one won't be available in time. ASNL says he's had a very difficult start to life.
4: He got taken straight off of me um, and taken straight to London, St Thomas. And when they got here, he was a small part of his bowels was on the outside and it had actually fallen off so they had to open him up to see what was actually going on inside they found that his bowel had twisted up and died while I was pregnant so he hasn't actually got like any of his bowel he's not um, most people say to me oh has he got short bowel syndrome but it's not it's, it's more severe than that he hasn't got any of his bowel as a mum it's, it's not nice when you did, obviously, I didn't know anything like this. It was It was so severe. So when he was born, it was a really, really big shock to us, and it was just, it was awful. You don't, you don't expect it.
0: The family are also fundraising to help them cover the cost of travelling to London, where he's being treated. RNLI lifeboat crews in Shetland say they're desperate for new volunteers. The team say businesses leaving the Isle of Sheppey has led to fewer people being available to join their pager system. Our reporter Megan Carr has been down to the station and has been chatting with Paul Jarvis, who's coxswain and mechanic.
1: Well, I've been on the crew about 29 years, but nearly all of that was uh, as a volunteer. It's only the last um, year and a bit that I've been taken on full time.
2: And how did you get involved with the Alliance?
1: Uh, through a friend who was already on the crew we both worked at the same employer and he, he um, often spoke about it and then um, got invited to come down here through him really so that's how it started
2: so obviously your stations in desperate need of um, people that are able to volunteer on a pager um, especially between nine and five why is that
1: um, because uh, I think we've got about 19 crew um and that hasn't really changed over the years but what's changed is the the work patterns of those crews so we, sh- we struggle now more and more of the crew have to work um off the island so they're unavailable during the day um, and that's when we really struggle If the pages go off during the day we do struggle sometimes to man the boats. so we need to be um bringing in sort of new blood so to speak training people up for the future as well so yeah, it'd be nice to get some new crew.
2: What do you think's changed with regards to people's working patterns? You said earlier that lots of people used to work round here. How's that impacted the station?
1: Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of industries have left the island, which employed you know decent numbers of people, and um, quite often they were allowed to leave. Their employers would let them leave if the pager went off. Um, those industries just aren't there anymore. There's steelworks, potteries glassworks and so on, so um, we've lost a lot of work on the island, so people now have to work off the island, a lot of them, so obviously when they're off the island working, they, they can't be on call for the boat.
2: In an ideal world, what what would you like to see happen with the station and, and the new volunteers that you could get?
1: Um, we can't sort of have a huge in-rush all at once because it wouldn't be possible to train everybody at the same time, but um, we'd like to take on, we've just taken on... Um, two new trainees and we've got probably another one about to start so um, yeah sort of two or three a year ideally Um, and obviously in a perfect world they would stay on the crew for quite a few years so the training there's quite a lot of training involved and it takes probably a good year before they're going to be safe on the boat and know uh, the kit and so on. and and be able to respond to a pager. So it's quite an involved training process. So you'd like to think that um, you take someone on, they go through the training system, uh, and then they would be able to stay with the crew, hopefully enjoy it, and carry on with us for a number of years, really.
0: This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. Thousands of reflective key rings are being given out to children across Kent as part of a road safety campaign. Our sister station, KMFM, has teamed up with the county council for Be Bright, Be Seen. It's especially important as we head into winter, as the mornings and evenings are getting darker. Well, Nicola has been chatting to David Williams, who's the Safer Road User Officer at KCC. So
5: the key message that we're we're talking about as part of this campaign is, is Be Bright, Be Seen. So we know that if we wear reflective materials when it's dark, it means we can be seen three times as far away by vehicles using headlights than if we were wearing non-reflective materials so in the daytime then when it's a bit sort of grey but not necessarily dark we want to use nice bright fluorescent clothing so if we wear bright reflective clothing then we're covered for all eventualities and it's going to help
4: keep us safer on the roads. I was driving home the other day actually and quite scarily saw quite a young child running head to toe in black and was actually running on the road rather than on the path I mean it it scared me as as a driver because I didn't see him until I was very very close I mean can you just kind of Describe again how much that difference makes in having that reflective clothing on.
5: Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, drivers at this time of year need to take extra care to look out for vulnerable road users such as pedestrians and cyclists, because it is darker and it is going to be harder to see pedestrians. But as pedestrians and cyclists ourselves, and particularly young children as well, we can make ourselves safer by wearing those reflective clothing. It means we can be seen much further away. So if you think about if the driver can see you three times further away, they've got much more time to react. Um, to see you there and making sure they drive safely near you, which obviously we need to be doing anyway, but it means they'll be able to see you further away and that'll help keep you safer. The other thing as well is obviously general road safety behaviour, we don't want to be running near a road or on a road being dangerous, we need to try and be as safe as possible at all times of year regardless of the light or the weather
4: yeah because although some roads in kent are lit obviously perhaps more rural roads or some new estates don't actually have many street lights if any at all so i guess it is then relying isn't it on the the lights from the car to to see what's what's in front and you're not going to be as visible, perhaps, as you might be on on a main road, for example.
5: Absolutely, yes. And anything that we can do to help ourselves safer and make ourselves more visible is only going to be a good thing.
4: Now, the Be Bright, Be Seen initiative, I know, is something that KMFM have been involved with for several years now. Can you just explain how it works for us?
5: Yes, so we've been working on this campaign with KM for years now, and it's a really, really positive campaign that gets a really good response from the public. One of the things that we do as part of the campaign is that the public can apply for reflective keyrings. Either schools or youth groups can apply for these keyrings for children in their school or your organisation, and that means they can wear those reflective keyrings on their bag or their coat, and that's going to help them again to be visible during those darker hours using those reflective. the messages that we have played out on the radio and the adverts that we play send those positive messages about making sure that we're visible being bright being seen it's a really catchy tagline be bright be seen it's a really important message and it's really really good that we can work with someone like the km who really you know take this campaign on board and really sort of get it out there to a really wide
0: audience within Kent. It's a really positive campaign. Schools and youth groups can sign up to the scheme. Just head to kmfm.co.uk. A new leisure complex in Canterbury could include bowling, table tennis and axe throwing. Boom Battle Bar has announced plans to open its first Kent side to the Riverside Development in Kingsmead. A pizza place is also due to open there soon, joining the Curzon Cinema. And a new wine bar is due to open in Canterbury next month. Cork was set up as an online business two years ago and aims to celebrate English wines. Many of the bottles they sell are made by Vineyards in Kent. Their first bar will open in Burgate in the middle of November.
3: Kent Online, sports.
0: Football, and it's now seven games unbeaten in all competitions for Gillingham. They've continued their turnaround in form following a one-all draw at home to Barrow in League Two. But whilst they avoided defeat, manager Neil Harris wasn't impressed by his side's performance. This is what he told us after Saturday's result.
6: Oh, it was a tough watch, to be honest. Um, first 30 minutes, first 33 minutes to be precise, we, I, I thought we were really poor. Um... Didn't take care of the ball. Um, every ball, every second ball found, fell to them. Um, they looked like they played on the front foot. They looked like they watched that game against Stevenage last week. Saw how good we were for spells of that um, and came and competed with us. And we, we didn't reach the same standards. We lost Sean Williams right at the end of the training session yesterday. Um, and it looked like it, It we looked like a team that missed Sean Williams in the first first half in particular. We adjusted at half time. Um, not, not, not so much with, with Lewis coming on for me, not personnel-wise, just to just uh, shape slightly, just to give us a foothold and get around second balls, and, and and even then, we weren't great at the start of the second half, I've got to be honest. Um, the game for me really changed on the penalty save, so you know, until that Barrow better back us for 60 minutes. Glenn makes a save, and, and I thought that sparked us, which then sparked the crowd a little bit, and and. That sometimes you have to accept you played poorly, but you take your point and move on. You know, I think I have to be honest and, and you know, open-eyed to it that we weren't very good today. Um, Why well, I don't know. We took care of the players this week, uh, made sure everyone got what they want. I mean, the Program knows we had, a, we had a 60-minute game for the players that needed it, and the other lads got the, um, got the training they needed. Away from sort of big sided large minutes, um, and we didn't we didn't start very well. So um, we have to look at to look at me and my staff, and do we get it right in training this week? Um, and also, there's no lack of application from the players. We just we just didn't start on the front foot, or like we had done in the majority of the games. Um, maybe it's just a little gentle reminder from even though we're seven games unbeaten, we're still. A long way from the finished article, aren't
0: we? I think we can all see that. The Jills are 19th in League Two and travel to table toppers at Leighton Orient tomorrow. And finally, a bit of showbiz. Katie Baser has been telling KMFM she's writing so many songs right now she struggles to have a favourite. The TikTok star has been chatting to Numi on the hit list. She's got almost half a million followers and 11 million likes on the site and admits this year has been a whirlwind.
7: It's literally been, it's been crazy. Like it doesn't even feel real Sometimes I wake up And I'm just like What's actually going on I've like, a Reading and Leeds Like I have signed a record deal Like I'm going to the studio Every day making music It's nuts It's kind of like, like
8: Living the <laughs> dream people like it <laughs> Yeah Because sometimes You can you can write it And they don't like it So you got You, you know It's doing, doing well um so you kind of like living the dream is it? and it f- must feel quite different because yeah. obviously you had this journey through lockdown where people started to really love you on online and now are you finding it like a bit weird that it, like it's transitioning into a, your day job like this is your life yeah.
7: It's like, it's weird, but it's not a bad weird. Like I love it so much. Like I get recognized, I get recognized in the streets and I'm literally just like, what the? Like there was one time when I was so hungover, right? I looked horrendous and I was walking to get like breakfast and these girls were like, oh my God, Katie. And I was like, hey, <laughs> like, you're you okay and they're like we love you ah, and I was just like thanks
8: <laughs> so do you feel like you have to have that kind of second when you leave the house now to be like mm, if someone stops for a pap am I going to look okay <laughs> I
7: mean, it should cross my mind, but I do go out looking horrendous sometimes. So, saying well,
8: it's just real. I'm being real. Obviously, people are obsessed with you on TikTok. I think you, I think you are one of those artists that has really nailed like promoting your single, um, doing it in creative ways. Like, as soon as I think of friendly sex, I just think of you like running through a park. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just repeatedly like we got to get him. <laughs> how did you kind of like how how is your process when you when you, you like write a new song do you immediately think about like how you're going to promote it on TikTok or you know what what comes first kind of thing
7: oh my god what a question so I'll, I'll make a song. Sometimes I'll already have made the song, and I will be like, "Yep, I know exactly what's going on." Other times, I'll come into the studio and be like, "I have nothing. I'm bad at this. I don't know what I'm doing. This is awful." And then I'll like, I'll make a song, and it'll be fine. And then if I'm releasing it, there is like, like I don't think about it. Like the the, the stuff that I did on the tube when I was shouting on the tube about my song, there was no like pre-plan. Like my my manager called me and was like, "What can we do? That's crazy." And I went, well, "I could go shout on the tube. It's busy." And he, she was like, "Yeah."
8: it's so chaotic i love it
0: if you missed their chat in the week you can hear the whole thing at kmfm.co.uk well that's all for today thanks ever so much for listening don't forget you can follow us on facebook twitter instagram and tiktok you can also now get access to the ad-free kent online premium site by subscribing at kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe
1: news you can trust
0: this is the kent online podcast